everybody to the next installment of the Rocky Mountain Myrick Short Takes on Suicide Prevention podcast. I'm your host, broadcasting in from the DOD VA Suicide Prevention Conference here in Nashville, Tennessee. And I'm joined here today by George Studemeyer. And George is going to speak to us today about his awesome grassroots efforts in suicide prevention. So welcome, George. Thank you. So, George, tell us a little bit about yourself, your history, and, you know, what, what makes you passionate about preventing suicide? So, for me, it started with my own personal experience with suicide. Uh, I attempted twice in the past. Um, and then I went through the Air Force uh, Sexual Assault Suicide Prevention Training, known as Green Dot. And, you know, they made every male stand out to be a predator. Um, and pretty much suicide is your fault. Nobody else's kind of thing. So talking with one of my mentors, they told me that if I wanted to be a part of the solution, then I had to be a part of the process. So that's what I did. Jumped right in and became a part of the process. Um, My biggest focus on suicide prevention. Wonderful. And so what does that look like, you being part of the process? What do you do? So I am a violence prevention instructor on Herbert Field. Um, I help our VPI, violence prevention integrator with everything. Um, I'm teaching classes at the headquarter level all the way down to your basic squadron level. Um, I travel um, teaching classes as well. Uh, What was then known as Green Dot, now known as Bystander Intervention Suicide Prevention Training. Tell us a little bit about this uh, Bystander Intervention Suicide Prevention Training. What does it involve? So the basic of the training is that everyone can do something at every level, uh, utilizing what we call the 3Ds in realistic ways. Uh, That is being direct or distracting or delegating down to someone. There's something for you to do at all levels. You can be that direct person and go straight up to uh, someone that is being targeted for sexual assault and telling the perpetrator to cut it off. Or uh, as it relates to suicide prevention, you can go directly to the person and ask them if they plan on killing themselves. Um, if that's not your, if that's not your uh, demeanor, uh-huh. then you can delegate it. You can go to your first sergeant, chaplain, commander, whatever, and say, "Hey, uh, there may be something wrong with uh, Joey over there. Do you mind going to talk to him?" Uh, then you have distract in early warning signs of uh, suicide. Um, get them out. Take them for a walk, a run. Go hang out with them. Get them out of their headspace uh, to distract them from whatever they may be going through. Mm-hmm. And so uh, part of your role is to help train other service members to uh, learn these tools? Yes. So um, it's, mad, it's a mandatory training that all active duty and civilians have to go through. Same thing for the reserve. It's mandatory training for them. Um, but we encourage our contractors and our guard members to go through the training as well because everyone is susceptible to suicidal ideations. Um, not one person is uh, immune to it. The risk factors are there and can affect anyone. So we train the total force what to look out for, uh, how to ask the question, what to do when you do ask the question, um, to make sure that people get the help that they need. Absolutely. It's really important work. And I understand that, you know, because of your personal experience and your, and your passion for this 
area. You, you've also stepped even beyond that role into some other uh, sort of social media uh, efforts. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Yeah, so um, I do a little live video. I don't even know what to call it. I go live on Facebook uh, <laughs> every once in a while, and I call it Riding with Stewie. And I actually stole that from a coworker. Uh, because every time that I do it, I'm in my car, you know, okay. on my way to work and just go live real quick and talk about all kinds of things from the five love languages as it relates to military members and military members with PTSD all the way through to suicide prevention. Um, yeah, talk about everything. And I post it on live so people um, across the U.S. and actually now across the world are tuning into it. And watching it, they're leaving their own feedback and whatnot. The most recent one, I had my commander on um, to talk about uh, suicide and our leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, so he he brought forth the uh, perspective of commanders having suicidal ideations and not seeming like they live in a stone house that they're actually living in a glass house just like the rest of us, and they have their own issues that they have to work through. And also the importance of being able to seek mental health services, being able to take that break to step back, to take a knee, to work on the things you need to work on, and then move forward. Uh, To also break that stigma that just Mm -hmm. because you seek out help for mental health, that doesn't mean that your career is over. It doesn't affect your career. Now, that's with a caveat to it. Of course, if you're working with nuclear weapons or if you're a security forces member, um, you're working with weapons, then you get placed on a Dana, what we call a Dana list, and that's a do not arm list. Mm. Um, and that's because your job is to work with weapons. But that's just for the safety of you and the safety of others because we want to remove all means and methods of self-harm along with time and space. Mm-hmm. But other than that, your, your career is not affected. If you hold a clearance, your clearance is not affected unless you are declared mentally incapable of doing your job. So it's usually a compound of uh, different things that will so-called ruin your career. Otherwise, it's going to seek help, doesn't mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such an important topic you raise with uh with kind of the commanding officers and maybe, you know, I've heard things like, oh, their, their social network's a little smaller and, you know, like maybe if you're one of the guys and the, or, or gals, you know, you kind of have more shoulders to lean on and lean into, but, you know, you may not have as many people there for you. And uh, did he speak anything about that? Yeah, so it's true what they say. It's lonely at the top. Uh, and that's because he... So we all wear masks. And the mask that he wore was one of solidarity, one of strength. Um, and he said that work was never an issue for him. That was the one place he was able to keep everything together. It was when he was home that he was not able to wear the mask because his family knew when he was putting on the front. Uh-huh. So that was the toughest time for him. And he... He found it hard to uh, lean on other people because they weren't in a similar situation. I mean, he's a commander. There aren't many of those in the force, uh, in any branch. Uh-huh. So he can lean on mentors, but they're usually states away. Um, 
he can lean on other commanders, but he, he doesn't want to go too far with leaning on them because then he can be declared uh, incompetent of command, right? So what he did was he used the tools that he had. Uh, mental health is there for you. And he finally got it together, went to mental health, got squared away, put back uh, on that path. That uh-huh. They helped him get back on that path, and he kept moving. And then when he found himself stepping, stepping off of that path, he went back to mental health or to a chaplain, and they helped him get back on that path and keep moving. So he did talk about that. Uh, where it was multiple times in his career and in his life that he had to have that adjustment. He had to lean on mental health and uh, the chaplains to help him get back in line with where he was. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to me that you mentioned the chaplains because you know I feel like uh, faith and that angle in suicide prevention is really important. And, you know, uh, we keep talking more and more how suicide prevention is not only a mental health thing, and I think the spiritual side of mental health is a really important area to, to address if we want to live healthy, successful, you know, meaningful lives. Yeah, uh, so those who are spiritual, definitely. You have to keep in mind, regardless of what your faith base is, when a person is going through those, time, those, those troubled times, it's not about you, it's about them. So I've had to step aside and, you know, take them to their faith-based leaders um, so that they can get the help that they need in line with what they believe. Mm-hmm. Um, myself, I'm a non-denomination, so I really don't align with, you know, all any of the main three, but faith is important to me. You have to, in my opinion, you have to believe in something higher than you in order to lean on when you have nothing else to lean on. Um, and you have to be willing to put your own faith aside for the sake of saving someone else's life. Mm. That's uh, an important point. Because, it, I mean, if not, then what are you doing? Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. So that was a really great little uh, gem of, you know, kind of teaser to how can folks go to, to catch your show? Or I understand that Facebook Live is still, like, recorded, right? They could go back and catch the show. Yes. So uh, my Facebook name is Lee Studemeyer. Uh, that's L-E-E space S-T-O-U-D-E-M-I-R-E. Okay. Um, and if you can't catch it there, you can catch it on hashtag Daddy. D-A-D-D-Y. Okay. Uh, I also blog for for uh, for that website. And uh, the website address for that is davidjbrock.com. Okay. So I want to circle now back a little bit to you and your story because, you know, you began with very, you know, sort of a personal statement, affirmation. And, I, you know, I wondered if you could talk us through, you know, your path to uh, – Recovery and healthy living. Yeah, so um, in 2009, I deployed uh, to Qatar. And, you know, it was, it was supposed to be Disneyland. Um, but I was assigned to the um, Search and Recovery and the Fallen Warrior team, uh, which basically uh, one of our jobs were to take our fallen off the aircraft, take them to the, uh, the ice box. 
de-ice them, re-ice them, and when it was time for them to go home, put them back on the plane. Okay. So taking them off and putting them back is all ceremonial. Um, You form up, you march up, you pick up the transfer case, and then you march down to the bread truck, which, interesting fact, when you're deployed, the same trucks that carry the food from the planes to the DFAC are the same trucks that we put our deceased in. Uh, found that out. Uh-huh. <laughs> but did that for, uh, you know, my my deployment and came home, was started getting hyper-aggressive, hyper-vigilant, um, having uh, walk, uh, night terrors, um, just... I, I didn't know what was going on. It was, it was weird. Uh, finally, you know, uh, I PCSed to San Antonio. Now that deployment was in 2009. Uh, PCS to San Antonio in 2010, and it finally came to a head to where uh, my wife ended up leaving. She ended up leaving me because of, uh, partially because of. The PTSD issues mm-hmm. because I wouldn't seek help. One of the terms for her coming back was that I had to seek help. So uh, that started um, my path to recovery. Um, and it took me a while. Uh, so we were separated for two years. The first six months of, the, of those two years, I was spiraling, spiraling hard, uh, drinking every day, going to work drunk. Um, Stopped caring about my uniform. Uh, hygiene was another issue, and it took my uh, one of my she's one of my mentors now, uh, retired Chief Master Sergeant Wanda Newsom, pulled me to the side and was pretty much like, "Hey, what the hell is going on? Mm-hmm. Uh, your your work is dropping off. Uh, your uniform looks like you haven't washed it in weeks. I can smell the alcohol on you." what's going on and so we ended up uh, she ended up taking me to uh, the hospital to be seen and be taken care of and you know she could have had me uh, she could have had article 15 written on me she could have she could have ruined my career right there but she chose to help see me through it um and that's, I can say that that's been a big motivator, a big, a big push as to why I do what I do as well. Because if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be in uniform. Um, and I don't know if I would be here. Mm-hmm. Because at that point in time, my wife was going and my kids were going. And I have a big... Um, family is big to me. So I felt as if that was stripped away and it, I had nothing. Um, but I, I had someone to take care of me and someone to lean on that I didn't expect to be there for me to lean on. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's, part, that's part of why I do what I do because people need someone to go to. They need to know that they're not doing this alone. They're not the first and they're not the last that will ever go through having suicidal ideations or feeling the way that they do. Um, we're all human beings, and we are very social creatures. So when you are going through these hard times and you are feeling alone, find that person 
just to sit down and talk, even if it's your commander or your first sergeant. Um, for our civilians, it's the same thing. Go talk to your director. Find a military member, a uniform member, if you have any in your office, HR, uh, anybody. Like, hey, I need to have a talk, right? Just to get that off your chest. And you'd be surprised how lighter you feel just by talking and getting it off your chest. Yeah, I feel like, um, well, first of all, thanks for sharing that. I feel like this has come up a few times now where I'm hearing people say how much uh, sort of healing and, and just, just knowing that somebody was listening and getting a chance to kind of stop having to hold it into yourself seems to be really, like, therapeutic for yeah. people. Uh, you feel like you have the, the world on your back, like uh, you're Atlas and you're just stuck. You're waiting for Hercules to come around just so you can get a little breathing room, right? Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, once, once you, you're able to talk about it and process it, so talking about it uh, or talking about what's going on allows your brain to then slow down and start to process what's going on. So you get that moment of clarity, and that's all we need. That's all you need. Because in that moment of clarity, we can then get you to the place where you need to be. Time and space. Mm-hmm. So when I, when I teach these classes, I tell, uh, I tell everyone, if they are showing immediate signs of suicide, you do not give them time and space. Other than that, that's all a person needs, time and space. Whether that's you finding the right time and the right space to get them to where they need, or you're giving them the time they need or the space they need to just breathe. So time and space. Mm, Really good take-home points. And, you know, just kind of circling it back uh, to the trainings that you give is, as your uh, employment, you know, and just thinking about how you mentioned earlier how suicide can affect anyone. Suicidal thoughts, it doesn't pick based on your wealth or your social economic status or any other dividing line that is something that anybody could experience. And similarly, though, anybody could be that support person to help. There's always something you can do. Always. Mm -hmm. Well, George, I really appreciate you taking time Um, out of this busy conference schedule to sit down with me. Before I let you go today, do you have any parting thoughts? Um, So I I generally end my videos with this this line. It's never give up, keep moving forward, never give up, never give in, play this game to win. And that's what we need to do. One more time for us? It is keep moving forward, never give up, never give in play this game to win right on all right folks well that's gonna do it thank you george thank you we'll see you next time thanks for joining us today on the short takes on suicide prevention podcast the podcast is made possible by the generous support of the rocky mountain myrec for veteran suicide prevention out of the rocky mountain regional va medical center in colorado be sure to visit our website at www.myrec.va.gov slash vision19. While you're at it, if you found value in this episode, head over to your favorite podcasting app to subscribe and give us a rating and spread the word. Tell a friend about the show. 
Be sure to tune in every other Tuesday for new episodes. Our mission is to end veteran and all suicide. And when you listen to our show, you see the possibilities.